Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Yeah! Yeah! It's fall! The leaves are falling! I wore my orange jacket, shirt jacket, if you weren't sure what that was. Uh, but I don't want to talk about fall this morning really quickly. I actually want to talk, I want to tell you something. Um, did you know, did you realize that there are 84 days until Christmas? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I thought I'd have a little fun with that. Um, you know, Christmas time, we all love it. There's this sense of expectation. Um, there's these feelings that we get around Christmas time, and it's linked to a lot of things. Of course, we, you know, have family and friends, and um, I don't know, just, you know, just the whole season of things. Um, so that's always fun. And then we, and then we, we have these uh, words that we say um, around the holidays that we don't often uh, use. Things like joy and peace. And here's the question I want you to ponder today. All right? Just take a minute. Think about it in your head. Um, what brings you joy? What brings you joy? Think about it. Hey, if you're in on the chat online, write it in the chat, okay? What brings you joy? And let me add a second question to that. What brings you peace? Write it down. Think about it. Don't over-spiritualize it, okay? What brings you happiness, joy, and peace? What is it? Just think about it. Anybody want to shout it out? Family. Family, okay, yeah. Grandkids. Grandkids. <laughs> Dogs, yeah. Of course. Yes. I knew it was coming. Did you know that psychologists uh, will say uh, that the earlier you decorate for Christmas, they say the more happy you are? I don't know if that's true or not. Or maybe you're just the lazy people who leave it up all year long and just flip the lights on when you want to, right? Joy and peace are what we're all searching for. Everybody in this room is looking for joy and peace. Would you agree? Our friends, our family, our community, people are looking for joy and peace. There's this deep need that we have inside ourselves. We have to satisfy something kind of in our souls, in our hearts. And they yearn for joy and peace. And so I thought I would spend a couple minutes, because I'm actually going to talk about this today, about just, we just got to come up with some working definitions here. What does this mean? What is joy? What is joy? It's a feeling of great pleasure, happiness is what the dictionary says. Now, now happiness, is, it's interesting, because this is a word that's often used interchangeably with joy. Um... I'm not sure it fully expresses that. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but again, happiness, positive emotions, life satisfaction, contentment. 
was on an airplane last week on, on uh, Southwest, and um, you know how the, like the um, hostess or the stewardesses, whatever, they get on the intercom and they're talking to you, and as we were uh, like deboarding our plane, um, they come on and they're like, and don't forget, happiness is a choice. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool thing to leave me with. Yeah, is, is it a choice? Um, but again, I don't know that I love that definition because I think it falls a little bit short of what I, what I think joy really is. Joy is often a deeper sense of the word happiness. Um, happiness is often based on, you know, circumstances, and that's okay, but joy is something a little bit deeper than that. It's this almost intangible thing this sense of satisfaction in our souls. And so this is how I'm going to define it today. Joy, a feeling of being well in our soul. Just let that just sit with you again. A feeling of being well in our soul. Which actually makes it a very close definition, honestly, a cousin word to the word peace that we use, again, around the holidays or wherever else. Um, and I'm going to define this as an inward tranquility of the soul. An inward tranquility of the soul. Oftentimes we think of peace as like just this absence of like violence or strife. Um, maybe, maybe this idea that like the two sides are not in conflict with each other. But I think peace is also more than just the absence of conflict. Because the truth of the matter is, you could just think about like a relationship that you really struggle with in your life. And you might not be like fighting and throwing punches or, you know, holding grudges. But you still don't really like that person very much, right? I mean, it, it's not, it doesn't take away all of that, right? So peace is a little bit different. Peace goes deeper as well, just like joy does. The Hebrews use this word shalom. Um, and, and that's, a, a, again, this feeling of, this sense of um, being complete or being whole. And so here's, again, my next question to you. Do you think most people in this world, in this life, experience true joy and true peace? You don't have to answer out loud. I'm just, again, posing the question. Do people that you know in your life, do you? Really, truly have joy and peace in your soul. We've been um, in a series called Verses That Shape Me. And the idea behind this is Carrie and I have, 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 are bringing to light some of the verses that have kind of shaped our hearts and our lives throughout the years. Now, you, if you were teaching the series, you would have different verses for sure. But our hope with this is that you will begin to take some of what we're saying and use it as an encouragement. Maybe it spurs you on to really search the Bible yourself and say, you know, this is a verse that I just, I hold on to. I cling to this because I need this in my life. And it has really been a defining thing for me. That's what we're doing in this series. And we're just trusting God that he's going to use it. He's going to use our stories to intersect with yours. And I hope that's what you get out of that. 
So each morning, as I go down the stairs to get my cup of coffee, I look to my right, and we have this wall hanging. Uh, It's actually not on the wall. It's kind of like leaning up against the wall. Um, And it has this verse. It's one of the verses I want to talk about today. And it has this special meaning to me, which is why it's on our wall, I guess. Um, And I want to look through this passage of Scripture today and, and talk about it together. And so, if you have a Bible, you could take that out. If not, it will be on the screen behind me, and you can follow along. It will also be online for those of you watching. We are going to turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. That's in the New Testament. And I'm kind of cheating today. I'm not taking one verse. I'm taking a little section of verses. It's Philippians, chapter 4, starting in verse 4, and we're going to read through verse 9. So five verses today that have shaped my life. All right, let's do this says, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Because remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then... You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received of me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. Pretty amazing passage of scripture. There is a lot of goodness there. Actually, to be fair, probably every single one of those verses individually could be a wall hanging for somebody. So, again, when we read the Bible... And particularly for those of you who are new to the Bible, this might be your first time reading it today, which is awesome. But you have to understand what's going on around it. You have to understand the context. It's always very important as we make application to our lives that we understand what's going on. And so very quickly, I want to just talk about what led up to these verses. So Philippians is this great book. We might even study it next year, thinking through that. But uh, if you go back to chapter 1, the author... The author of this book lays out very clearly why he wrote the book. It's, it's found in verse 10. He goes, I write this because I want you to understand what really matters. By the way, we should be focusing in our life on what really matters. So again, when I hear things like that, kind of my ears perk up. I'm like, okay, there's something going to be good here. Uh, he goes a couple verses later. He goes, I want you to know that everything that has happened to me here." has helped to spread the good news. What on earth could he be talking about? Well, if we knew what was going on, let me, uh, quick quiz time. Does anybody know who wrote the book of Philippians? You got it. He comes up a lot when I say that. Do you know, happen to know, where he was when this book was written? In jail. He's in prison. And he's talking about like joy and peace and all that stuff. He goes, I want you to know that everything that has happened to me here has actually helped spread the good news. Interesting perspective. 
later on in that chapter, he goes, I want to help you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Now, again, I realize church can be a strange place. It can be a scary place. I totally get it. There's a lot of fake people in church. There's a lot of hypocrites in church. Some people say, ah, whatever, that's just make you feel good. You need that. That's fine. It's good for you, but not for me. He's saying, no, 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 no. I actually want you to have joy in your faith. By the way, uh, does God want us to have fun? <laughs> I'll talk about that in a little while. But there's a couple things here. Okay, so now I'm going to skip back to uh, chapter 4. Because he's explaining all these things. He goes, I want you to see these things that really matter. Um, these things are really important. This has actually helped me. And then we're going to skip to chapter 4. And here are the things, if I look at that passage as a whole, that have, have stuck out to me. I'm drawn to the idea that he kind of talks about a sense of personal responsibility, actually. It's not just something, joy, peace, all these things, that happens to you. There's actually something kind of active on our part that needs to happen. We're going to talk about that. Um, I kind of think of it like um, Paul seems to me to be here almost like a, um, like a fitness coach. That's kind of like how I feel like he's, he's speaking to us. He goes, okay, is this what you want? Is, is this what you want? This is going to be a journey now. You're going to have to put in some work. And over time, you're going to see some results here. You might not even notice it yourself, but actually, as people start to look in on your, your life, they're going to actually see some changes that you didn't even realize. Does that sound familiar to anybody? If you've gone through a fitness journey or maybe a weight loss journey, you, that, that's a very familiar thing. And so this coach now, this coach, Coach Paul, is saying, here's the game plan. Here's what you need to do. Get your mind in action. Let truth win in your mind. Get rid of, notice where the lies are. Get rid of that. He goes, let purity win today. The things that are kind of like contaminating your soul and your thoughts and all that, we're going to put that to the side, okay? We're going to get rid of it. I, I, you need to be a person of honor today. What kind of negativity do you need to expel today? It's, again, it's kind of like this coach saying, okay, this is here we go. This is what we're going to do. And that for me is very powerful. It's very powerful. So what I want to do over the next few minutes that we have is I want to kind of take these verses, kind of verse by verse, and we're going to explore that. Basically, we're going to do a little verse study. So we're going to spend a few minutes together with it. So we're going to start back in verse 4. And Bob, if you want to put those on the screen as I talk uh, the first, as the verses go, and then, you know, you could go from there. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord, and I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Or some of your versions might say, the Lord is at hand. So it's really interesting, like, the way that this is written. Um, it's like he's commanding us to be joyful. Be happy. Can you tell someone to be happy? Well, Bobby McFerrin did, and don't worry, be happy. But can you really, you know, make someone be happy? I don't know. Maybe you can. But remember, we're not talking about happiness really here. Happiness is circumstantial. It's based on circumstances. We are talking about joy. 
Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. This word is used 69 times in the Bible as a verb. Do this thing. Rejoice. It's talked about another 59 times as a noun. It's a thing that you can have. And in Philippians alone, this word is brought up 13 times. There's a clear theme here when it comes to what joy is and what happiness is. You see, what's happening here, again, not only is Paul in prison, but he's, you know, connected with these churches kind of all around the area. And in this one particular church, if you look back a little bit farther in this passage, there's a couple people fighting. It's not a good look. It's not what the church needs to be about. But nevertheless, people are fighting in this church. Would never happen in Hope Church? I know. But there was conflict. And he's admonishing them in this passage, stop. Stop doing this. Move past it. You have to put it behind you. He's reminding them, hey, people are watching what you do and how you act. And besides... Is it really that important? Is it really that important? And then he exhorts them. That's a Bible word too, exhorts. He encourages them to be considerate, which is actually an interesting word in the Bible. It's not used very often, this form of this word, but it's a very unique word. It's maybe not the best translation of it. It's, it's, it's to be moderate or to be gentle to be patient, maybe. Because the Lord is going to come back one day soon and make things right. He says, stop owning all these things that you do not need to own. Stop worrying about those other people and all these little petty spats that you have. At the end of the day, God's going to take care of it. He's coming back. That's what you need to be more focused on. So he says, get along with others. Be gentle and thoughtful and considerate in what you do and how you go about your day and how you go about your week and the kinds of decisions that you're making. Stop worrying. And so here's the, the key thought really quickly here that I, want, I think he's saying. He says, your behavior has significant impact on not only your joy and peace, but other people's joy and peace as well. So be considerate. Be thoughtful. Be moderate. Stop taking things to extremes that you don't need to take it to. Let it go. You worry about the things that are out of your control. It robs you of peace and joy. And it's also robbing others of their peace and joy. And here's a verse in the Old Testament that you probably heard of. Nehemiah uh, chapter 8, verse 10 it says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're being robbed of your strength, what do you have left to go about your day, to go about your week, to go in through your life? Let's move on. Verses 6 and 7. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And here we go again. It's almost like he's commanding us to have peace. Stop worrying. Don't have anxiety anymore. Just stop it. And you're like, okay, easier said than done. And true, it is. 
for those who wrestle with anxiety, I understand the depth of that pain and the depth of that hurt and the depth of that struggle. But again, I don't think that's his heart. I don't think that's what he's saying here. We can't just turn it off like that. But he says, where are you going to start to put an end to that in doing what you can? And he kind of gives us a clue of where to start. And I actually think it's two things. He says, start with prayer and add some gratitude in there. That's a great way to start. And if anybody knew the kind of depth of pain, this guy was going to die for his faith. He's in prison. He's writing this to people. He truly understood the anxiety that it caused. And he goes, you know what? Start with prayer. Follow it up with gratitude. The journey to peace and joy, which again is what everybody wants, is very much about this relationship with God and the perspective that comes along with a relationship with God, this, this perspective of blessing and gratitude. There's a verse in the Bible about prayer. It says, if any among you suffering, pray. Do you feel that in your soul today? You say, I don't know how. doesn't matter. There's no prescription for how to do that. God just wants to hear his kids. Pray about it. He also says, then you know what? Then there's a second thing. Try to be as joyful and as thankful and as gratitude, um, as grateful as you can. Psalm 95, 2 says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Just like we did this morning with that awesome music, and our focus on God. He goes, listen, get to a place where your perspective can change. It doesn't take away all of life's problems. It's not going to take away all your anxiety, but I care. I want to listen to you. There's nothing better than being listened to like a friend listens. That's what prayer is, talking with God. And he goes, then I want you to think about things that you can be grateful for. Let's just start there. Let's just start there. Let's move on because it's not complete yet. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting into practice all you learned and received of me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. And then what? The God of peace will be with you. So he's talking about joy, and now he gets to this whole peace part. Again, the thing that all of us want, the thing that all of us long for, the thing that every little, you know, emptiness in our soul, we want to fill it with. Where do we start with this? Well, again, if we're doing this kind of word study, this, 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 um, this phrase, fix your thoughts. Some of your Bibles might say dwell on. And that's, you know, that's really what the Greek says. Um, it's legizomai or something like that. I can't remember how to say it exactly. But the real meaning there is to be calculative, to consider, to evaluate. When you dwell, when you fix your thoughts, be very calculative about your thought life, about your mind, about what you're putting inside of your soul. And he goes, you can't just leave it there one time and it happens. No, 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 you have to practice it. And we see that in verse 9. And that actually is a kind of this continuous, repetitive thing. 
it's like second nature. When we do things that fill our hearts that, with things that are true and lovely and honorable, it, it, like it becomes a practice. Right thinking leads to right behavior. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Right thinking leads to right behavior. You can say this right. Right behavior follows right thinking. In other words, he's saying engage your mind on the right things. What are you putting in your mind? And he gives us a clue. He goes, you have to have this knowledge of God because knowledge is what brings substance to our faith. Knowledge starts with God's word. Peace and joy don't come without practice. Uh, Peace, especially as a Christian, it's an inward tranquility of the soul when we get to the place in our minds and hearts that give us a confident trust in the wisdom of God. And this is why I loved that song before, because you know what? Over time, when we see God come through, when we see his faithfulness, it just builds on that and builds on that and builds on that and builds on that. You see, in our culture, in our world, and even us, we're fixed on the pursuit of happiness. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but what we do is we take it on for ourselves. And it becomes about self-help and self-actualization and something bigger and better to kind of fill that void in our heart and our soul. And we keep going and going and trying to make things work, and guess what? The door it's like it's always locked. For some reason, we can't get in the door. We're trying. We're, we're bringing out every tool that we have, and it's not working. Um, we try to control our circumstances, but instead our circumstances control us, and many people just give up. They discard what they thought would bring happiness, and they try something new. Or they keep trying to break down the door. They keep trying in futility, and it's not working. But for the one who understands, who wants to learn and understand the way of Jesus, we realize that happiness is not the same thing as joy. So here's my big idea today. Here's my big idea. I'll try to bring this all together. True joy... And true peace is only found in learning and practicing the ways of Jesus. True joy and true peace is only found in practicing the way of Jesus. True joy and peace is found in God alone. There's this verse in Psalms that says, Happy, joyful are the people whose God is the Lord. You see, again, if I've said one thing all year in my teaching, it's this. We have made other things gods in our life. And we have forgotten the one true God. Is God against us being happy? I told you I'd talk about this. Well, he says it himself. These things, all of these things I'm bringing to you, I've spoken them that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Religion, God, all that stuff, is, this is not a drudgery. We get 
to do this. We get to partake in the kingdom of God and in his way. And that, he goes, that is what's going to bring you true joy. And I want you to have it to the fullest. And then there's this other verse. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. There we go again. That's our, that's our phrase, fixed on you. The people who dwell on you, that's where we find joy and peace. It starts in our hearts. And we get, get into our heart through the knowledge of God, through his word, through seeing life through his lens, this change of perspective, the things that move and grow. This is the start to true, true, true joy and true peace. And so here's my question for you, very personal. Is it well with your soul? Is it well with your soul today? I don't expect everybody to say yes. There are lots of us, and including me, I struggle sometimes. Is it really well in my soul? Or am I just kind of pursuing my own way? And that's why I need those reminders every day as I walk down my stairs. It says, hey, fix your thoughts. Do some, put it into practice. Do I have a feeling of well-being in my soul? Joy. Do I have this inward tranquility of the soul? Peace. Here's where the rubber meets the road for me. Here's my personal story, and I'm going to close with this. Um, just under a year ago, uh, many of you know my dad passed away. Probably the toughest thing that I've gone through and my family has gone through. And what made it so tough was that it was unexpected. This was a routine surgery that he was supposed to have and just things went south and it just kept going south and it kept going bad. And again, I know a lot of you know about this. A lot of you are praying through it with us. It still hurts. So you're going through this weeks-long ordeal, and some of you have been here, and you're like, this shouldn't have happened. But here's the thing that struck me, particularly on the backside of all this, but even through it. For me, not once that I question God. Again, and hear me very clearly. I'm not saying it's wrong to question. I get it. Like there's things that just don't make sense. But here's what I realized. Because my life for so long, I've, I've tried my best to practice to put in my mind, to know I've seen God's faithfulness. It's grown through the years in ways that he's, you know, shown himself to me and whatever it might be, a rescue of some sort. Or I've seen it in other people's lives. And what I realized during that time is that whatever happened, it couldn't take away my joy and my peace. And that's where this, this, passage came alive for me even more. Was I sad? Yep. But see, that doesn't equate that to, you know, that's like the, the happiness thing. I, I, but was I joyful? Yeah. 
I can have joy because joy is not dependent on my circumstances. Joy comes when I know that God has the best in mind for me. It's when I know that he cares even when I don't understand. And that comes with the practice of the knowledge of God in my heart and in my mind. And so I guess I would just end with saying, how about you? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've dealt with or what you're dealing with right now. But, but can you say it is well with your soul? Can you say that no matter what the circumstances are, I can still, I can be sad, but I have this joy deep down and I have this peace, this inward tranquility, knowing that God has the best in mind. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on him. Take time in his word. Take time in a life group. Take time in a day to thank God in gratitude and prayer. And see what that does for your heart. Lord Jesus, I know my words aren't always eloquent, but God, I but I believe in this enough where I wanted to share my heart with these people. And maybe, maybe someone can take it and use it today. Lord, I pray that you would help us in our souls despite the circumstances, despite what's going on around us, that in our souls that we will understand that you want the best for us, that you are good, that you are sovereign, that you are just and you are holy. You are love and you are grace and you are peace. And you, in your way, brings true peace and true joy. God, for anybody in this room who doesn't have that, I pray that their journey starts today. And I will just say this, if any of you wants to start that journey today, all you have to do is simply say to God, I'm ready. God, I want to give my heart and my soul and my life to you. I'm tired of making up my own gods or trying to pursue happiness on my own. I have this hole in my life that I don't know how else to fill, but I, I, I realize it's you. Whatever words you want to say with that, whatever thoughts in your head that you want to pray that to, God hears that, he sees that. And in a, in a, in a moment of uh, your, your genuineness in your heart, God understands that. And Lord, I do pray if anybody has, is moving towards that or making that decision, that you would give them uh, people in their life and that, and that your word would come alive and that we would... Uh, walk with them in their journey in every step. Thank you, Jesus. 